0: In the name of Allah, the gracious, the most merciful. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Uh, welcome to everyone, welcome to all our day listeners. Uh, welcome to my co presenter, Daniel. Um, we have a lovely show today. Today is Monday, the 19th, February 2024. <coughs> it's 7.03. And uh, as usual, we have two topics that we'll be discussing uh, this morning. And two very important topics, in fact, Uh, the first one is uh, random acts of kindness. And we will be talking about taking care of your aging parents and uh, about the responsibilities of parents and as uh, also uh, the children, uh, their responsibilities in terms of their aging parents. The second segment, which we will be talking about uh, after eight o'clock, roughly, is uh, the need for marriage. And we'll go through an article which, which discusses uh, that, that, that marriage is kind of disappearing from Britain And uh, the uh, the marriage rate is declining uh, since the past uh, uh, few years or decades in fact uh, But first of all, uh, Assalamualaikum, Alaikum, peace be upon you Brother Daniel, how are you? Wa Alaikum assalam peace be upon you as well uh, Very well, thank you very much Yes, how was your weekend? Uh, it was uh, It was okay not too busy, but not too quiet. Good. Um, how's, how's your weekend?
1: My weekend was busy, but good busy, enjoyable busy. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's good. It's also good because I think the weather is, uh, is getting a bit warmer. Uh, Correct. There's not yes. that windy, that cold wind anymore, even though sure. it, it's it's going to be rainy this week. Uh, but after that, it'll be uh, really nice and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the summer is coming kind of weather.
1: Well, well hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed and I hope there's no beast from the east uh, uh, this time around as well like there's been in the past two years. But yeah, the weekend was uh, uh Saturday was particularly nice, but
0: yesterday wasn't bad either. Mm, yeah, that's great. Uh, usually th- at this time uh, what happens is that uh, the the temperature fluctuates so much uh nobody can predict it. Oh. I mean, I uh, know I don't know if it's just London or the whole of UK but it, it, get, it gets warm and suddenly it spikes up uh, it spikes down it gets freezing and yeah. then it gets warm again and then you know mother nature is playing with us they're like yeah. <laughs> don't let them know their next move correct I think yeah
1: it is quite unpredictable and I think it's climate change uh, also I think it's it's probably a global phenomenon now so it's happening mm-hmm. you know these, uh, these variable temperatures happening um,
0: everywhere yeah so uh, let's start off with the, with the news headlines. So we'll go through the papers and uh, uh, discuss what's going on today. Um, the i The i newspaper says that a variety of stories. Um, <clears throat> the i says Chancellor Jeremy Hunt still hopes to introduce tax cuts in the next month's budget, without also cutting public spending. The paper says Mr. Hunt is under pressure from Tory MPs to reduce the tax burden and notes he has previously said he would uh, prioritize tax cuts over maintaining state spending it as though that treasury sources have insisted cuts to uh, services will only be necessary if economic forecasts limit Mr. Hunt's financial headroom so it's very interesting he wants to cut the budgets without uh, uh, without really um, increasing uh, the tax and and uh, yeah, he wants to
1: he wants to reduce uh, tax actually without reducing public spending. So uh, I don't know how he he manages to do that and and still be able to uh, balance the books. But it will be interesting to see um, what comes out in the in the next month's budget.
0: Yes, and the the Times says that schools in England are to be issued with new guidance to help ban the use of mobile phones. According to the Times, the paper says the guidance will tell teachers they have the power to search rucksacks, uh, as well as, as well as protection against being sued by parents if a child's device gets lost or damaged. Um, I don't think this is uh, news that much. There are many schools; they have that limitation already. I remember in my uh, secondary school, um, there used to be Mr. Davis he was like <laughs> an ex army commander or something and right. he had a sharp eye for a phone you know if you're nice. standing at the end of the corridor anywhere he will see you <laughs> right so the whole school was always scared that if You'll i pull out caught. if i pull yeah. out my phone it's there's a 90% chance it will be it will be gone yeah. and, and mr davis going to take it
1: you're <laughs> right no you're right um, but i think it's good to have uh, i i think this is a step in the right direction mm-hmm. uh, there is like uh, you know, pupils shouldn't be uh, using mobile phones during school time. There is no business um, uh, them them taking out their device mm-hmm. and, and using them. Yes, uh, after school they, they obviously okay. can, but school time absolutely not. So I think this is a step in the right direction.
0: But it's also very strange. Um, I mean, if you're sitting in the classroom, the teacher is teaching, how how can you just take out your phone, start going on your phone, especially if the teacher is telling you to mm. put it away? Uh, Many children have have really I think that's a really bad behavior That despite the teacher Telling them multiple times They just ignore it Um, I've always heard stories I'm not I haven't studied in Pakistan Mm. Um, As such I was very young But uh, Like my parents Or my elders always tell me That the children here Are very Very Spoiled. Spoiled. If, if this was in, uh, in
1: Pakistan. No, 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 not just in Pakistan. I tell you, this is uh, in the East generally, mm-hmm. uh, even in Southeast Asia, even in South Asia. You know, you look at India, you look at other countries, Bangladesh, yeah. uh, and even in China, Singapore, um, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, even in those countries as well. There is a huge amount of um, uh, k- emphasis on education. Uh, Korea. Uh, Also comes Mm. to mind, and absolutely zero tolerance policy when it comes to you know use of mobile phones or any other devices or any or any distractions for that matter, and and teachers are usually quite strict. So this is Mm. I think in more of an Eastern. Uh, phenomenon, I I should say, and and the Western phenomenon uh, is to you know let people yes. do what they what re- they want relatively, and, yeah. and I think the the West you travel from uh, you know um, the more sort of liberal it gets. Mm. So Europe, I think, is still sort of uh, middle ground. Yeah, but some in
0: European the, countries have have stricter rules. Have
1: stricter rules exactly. Uh. But uh, if you go to North America, I think it's even more sort of liberal policy mm. where students are allowed to do whatever they wish and. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, it, there's a, there's, it, it varies a lot across the globe.
0: Yeah. No, that's definitely a, a step in the, I think, the better direction because the discipline, uh, is, is actually, I believe is is much more important than the actual education they give. Uh um, discipline
1: is part of the education actually.
0: Yeah. It's yes, part of it, what it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Like yeah. in, in Japan, for example, they have, mm-hmm. um, they have what you call a, uh, Combined Clean uh, uh, cleanup session Before the mm-hmm. school Or after the school mm-hmm. And everybody Has to take part And right. uh, everybody does it yeah. There is no No one messing around sure. And that's why You see like The J- Japanese The whole country Itself is very Organized Very disciplined Correct uh, They take care Of cleanliness And I remember Khalifa Rabi Has it, um, Rahmat, The fourth the yeah. head The Of the Muslim community uh, One of the Education ministers Of, of uh, Education security Of the UK Came to him and asked him, what's your suggestions on the education system? And His Holiness answered, uh, I mean, very, you know, briefly that uh, uh, according to Islam, children uh, don't need to be taught about various religions, about uh, different things in in such a young age. They should be taught, firstly, discipline and just basic moral uh, teachings so that they grow up to be a good human being. And the rest of the education will will follow, so that was a really I think a very deep deep uh, understanding he had of uh, young children. Instead of teaching them, he didn't even say tell them about Islam mm-hmm. uh, or Christianity or any religion. He said they don't need to be taught religion that early because they're still understanding how to walk, how to talk, how mm-hmm. to how mm-hmm. to deal with people. So yeah, this I think this is a this is a good step in the in the right direction. So mm-hmm. let's see what's uh, right. What's going on in the future? The Daily Telegraph says that Business Secretary Kemi Badenoch has accused Henry Schoenton, the former chairman of the post office, of lying in a row over the handling of the Horizon scandal. Mr. Staunton, who was sacked in January after an ITV drama, brought uh, brought renewed public attention to the scandal, told the Sunday Times he had been asked by a, a civil servant to slow compensation payouts to postmasters until after the next election in order to reduce the government's financial liability. The paper reports that in a series of social media posts, Miss bedenoch, uh, bedenoch said the comments were full of lies.
1: Yes, I haven't seen that uh, particular series, uh, the ITV series, but obviously it has caused a huge amount of uproar and um uh, the post office scandal has been in the headlines for many many days now, um, and um, mm. yeah, I I think uh, it's it's only fair that the person who was at the helm at that time, um, uh, and if he he tried to hide any information, should be should be uh, held accountable for for his actions. So
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I myself haven't got such a understanding of this topic yet, but even even the um, uh, the, the Daily Mirror um, this is in the front page of the Daily Mirror as well, mm. and they say that sub sub postmasters have reacted to Mister Stone's claim with fury and urged voters to uh, oust the converse- conservatives at the next election, according to the um, uh, one of the uh, Michael Rodkin. Uh, he said that whose uh, wife was uh, wrongly convicted amid the scandal tells the paper this government needs to be punished at the ballot box. Um where now 24 years on. How long is this going to take? So, yeah, I think people have been waiting for a long time for, for, that, for some compensation on this. Mm. The Daily Mail reports that police officers shared uh, graphic details of the injuries suffered by the three people killed in the Nottingham knife attacks in June of last year on WhatsApp. The paper says one officer posted the details on a group of other officers, it says another sent the distasteful message to his wife, and a friend. A gross misconduct hearing was told. Uh, the families of victims Grace O'Malley, Kumar, Barnaby Webber, and Ian Cotis are reported to have been left sickened.
1: Yes, I can imagine uh, this. Uh, obviously, would be very sensitive uh, for uh, for the family of those victims and or the families of those victims so yeah absolutely um, I think this is uh, really shameful like you know sharing yeah. these
0: um, sensitive mm. I mean for blackmailing or taking revenge or mm. whatever reason even
1: just for you know for whatever purpose that he was doing it I mean it says yeah I mean it it um, uh, the paper describes as distasteful I would use
0: stronger words I think yeah this is unprofessional definitely uh, ministers have been urged to end the postcode lottery for cancer care according to the daily express uh in some areas just one in four people were treated within the 62 day target window last year uh what's this uh, postcode lottery
1: so the postcode lottery is what what they're actually saying is that it it depends on which postcode you live in mm-hmm. um and that would uh, determine if you um uh, if you will get the the cancer uh, cancer care that you need within the 62-day target set by the NHS. For, what, for starters, I think the 62-day target is also... Um, it's uh, too long. Yeah, it's too long. I think it's uh, it, it's it, it's not something great to aim at, uh, in my opinion. If, if somebody's diagnosed of cancer, or with cancer, then you've got to be treated immediately. So this is mm-hmm. not something to... Um, uh, you know, a, a great flag bearer, I would say, of uh, of NHS. But what they're saying is that even this target is not met in many, many areas, um, unless you belong to the right postcodes, according to them.
0: Yeah, is it just me, or I, I mean, I've been in the UK for almost a decade, mm-hmm. um, and I only I've, I've seen the NHS, according to the news, just keep dropping, keep dropping, keep dropping, keep dropping. I mean. What's going on? How? Um, even though the the IBC a lot of promises from uh, various parties that we will take care of the we will improve yeah. the healthcare system, but it's just going down and down. And I think they they might just uh, you're absolutely right. I, it.
1: I think what what happens is um, what has happened is that uh, over the last ten years, I'd, I'd say well, probably even thirteen, fourteen years. So after the financial crisis, really, mm-hmm. um, that's when funding. Began to be cut for uh, for NHS uh, under the under the Tory governments uh, successive Tory governments, mm-hmm. and um, uh, NHS has received less funding than it needed in uh, it, almost in every year. And uh even though the government keeps saying that they're spending more money on NHS than they have in the past, the the truth is that the uh, NHS has never received money in the last uh, thirteen, fourteen years uh, to the tune of what they've actually asked for. And the mm-hmm. funding um, uh, the the actual funding has actually um, come down. So yeah, you're even, right. even so. the doctors pay.
0: Um, there has you know, been a even huge issue yeah it might uh, i mean they they should be i've, I've always said this before that uh, i think it's the scandinavian countries who who uh give the doctors a really really good pay doctors or engineers or healthcare workers sure and uh, you see them like people are prioritizing those jobs right uh over here um i know one one of my friend's wife he she's a doctor and um, she says that it's, it's like it's so pointless. Like, mm-hmm. why would you waste so many years of your education? Correct. And at the end, you're you're earning. I mean, probably less than you're so many many other easier jobs. Correct. That and and
1: almost uh, you know the average uh, uh, salary in in the UK. You're absolutely right. And uh, and also, I think um, <clears throat> in not just doctors but the nursing staff as well. Uh, they're not being mm-hmm. paid well, and which is why. I think it was in the news a few days ago that uh, the Royal College of Nursing said that the number of uh, uh, pupils in, uh, who are training for, for nursing has come down substantially. Mm. And therefore, uh, that is going to be a huge concern for, for NHS as well. Um, what do you of
0: think of uh, like privatizing or, or making this... Um uh, like like you you have to buy NHS insurance um, like uh, the the system in uh, I think Germany or America uh, over there you have to pay for healthcare but at least you get some healthcare you know proper healthcare yeah,
1: I, I I think uh, NHS number one I think is a is a great brand and it's a, it has provided great service. To the people of this country, uh, since the second, since the end of the Second World War, when it was actually set up, mm. so I think it um, it definitely has a role to play. I also think, and and from an from an Islamic point of view as well, I think it is the responsibility of the government to provide healthcare. So, yeah. um, and and it just has been over the last few decades uh, provided good service to uh, to the people of this country, and I think still can, if it is funded adequately. So I think it's a it's a funding issue. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than anything else and uh, and you know even today um, it, like it's like it says over here as well in certain in some postcodes when if you if you go to NHS you get excellent service so it really depends on you know um, uh, where yeah, you live yeah. and and, and uh, what area uh, what sort of service you get in that area but um, yeah i I would be not very happy if NH- NHS was privatized.
0: Yeah, I mean, we pray and hope the best for, I mean, NHS is definitely a great service, um, especially for those which, which um, are, you know, um, less, which earn less money, it's privileged, yes. less privilege mm-hmm. because uh, it's a free service. And, you know, having having uh, the right to have some health care, uh, it, I think it's a basic right and everybody should have access to it. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably the funding issue that that we need to focus on. Um, Russian President Vladimir Putin has been accused of planning the killing of opposition leader Alexei Navalny down to the second, according to the Metro. The Russian prison service said on Friday that Mr. Navalny, who was serving a 19-year sentence on charges widely considered to be politically motivated, had died after saying he felt unwell following a walk. The Metro reports that supporters of uh, Mr. Navalny... Citing a series of sinister events, have claimed President Putin planned the death in minute detail. Yeah, we so yeah, see some I mean, Russian I mean, news coming yeah, out. Yeah, I a, mean, apart I, from the war,
1: correct. Um, I mean, yeah, it's God knows uh, how minute uh, uh, or not was um, uh, was the planning, but yeah, I think there is from the sounds of it, um, there does. I mean, it does look sinister. He was. Um, after all, the opposition leader there, and he was gaining popularity um, as well, uh, is probably still popular in uh, in Russia. So I think there is um, mm. there is something there. God knows uh, how minutely detailed um, uh, the the whole
0: uh, <laughs> uh, sort of um, uh, assassination was. Yeah, I mean they are very powerful people. They they can. Easily cover up these things if if sure. this this accusation is true. I'm not saying it is, but let's let's see for more detail and further news to come out. Anyways, the tech giant Apple is facing a 500 million pound uh, from uh, from the EU after allegedly stopping iPhones informing users of cheaper alternatives to its own music streaming services, according to the Financial Times. The paper says and antitrust probe was launched following a complaint by spotify and calls the fine expected to be announced early next month one of the most significant financial penalties levied by the eu on big tech company yeah apple music is ridiculously expensive yeah it's i think it's 99p or something for one song really yeah okay for like three four
1: minutes (laughs) correct um and which is why I think uh, Spotify is saying that it's uh, it's it's happy with these antitrust with this antitrust uh, probe, and mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, five hundred million euro is a is a big amount, and uh, I think hopefully will um, will help solve some of these issues. Yeah. I, I I really admire some of the things that uh, the European Union has done. For example, one of the things that they have now required Apple to do is to make sure that it's. Um, is its its charging ports are compatible with Android, and it's 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 the mm. same. Yeah. So yeah, that finally, you know, <laughs> it, finally exactly, so uh, yeah, and, and and you know it is the kind of uh, big business uh, and economic block um, that. Can actually influence mm. the decisions of. If it was a smaller country, the app, Apple would say, uh, you know, you do whatever you want. We we gonna do whatever we want." Yeah. So, but not so in case of EU. So, I, I really admire some of the things mm. that EU has, and I think this I is. I mean, there's the right no doubt.
0: Well. Apple is a very successful and a very very um, you know high tech and advanced company. Yeah. Uh, even the previous uh, goggles they re- re- uh, released. Um, Mm. Uh, the music always, v- vision yeah. pro apple vision pro mm. and uh, literally it's, it's a big set of <laughs> glasses on your head which mm. virtualizes your whole surroundings mm. uh, amazing concept i think even though they they have to like uh see how how the safety standards of that is i right. see people driving with it i've seen some videos people are driving where they're walking on the road uh obviously i mean anyone can snatch away or mm-hmm. if there is this problem in the in, in the system you can cause accidents so I don't know if the governments are catching up on that Mm. but despite all their success and um, these advanced technologies they they are sometimes so backward like you mentioned the charges for example Mm. took them so many obviously it's their business strategy
1: it's not backward I mean yeah for them it's 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 part of the strategy to make money that's how they make Mm. money on accessories
0: but that's just uh, it's just annoying you know it it is not (laughs) only annoying it's expensive yes that's what I mean annoying yeah I mean if you buy the charger from Apple it's something like 20, £20 right, exactly, pounds 25 to 30 pounds exactly yeah which is is too much yeah it's too much and the the plug is separate if you mm-hmm. want fast charging you have to pay another correct i don't know 40 50 pounds for that so it's it's just you buy one apple product you think like you have something you need to buy a lot more things to to, because they are also compatible with each other yeah. um apple devices they, their compatibility is amazing absolutely if you have only Apple devices. Correct.
1: I mean, it's, it's a very nice ecosystem mm. and um, it, it's, um, it's convenient uh, in in that respect um, and the, uh, the compatibility. I mean, it's very seamless but it's, uh, it can also be very expensive. I mean, especially the laptops. I mean, the charging for, for the cables for laptops are uh, very expensive and they keep changing that, those
0: almost every year yes truly Uh, lastly we have uh, the Daily Star says that uh, scientists have cracked dodo DNA and plan to bring the extinct bird back to life the headline reads real Jurassic Park Um, I'm always fascinated by by, um, these uh, archaeologists and Mm. who are discovering you know previous uh, uh, our ancestors or dinosaurs or bones and uh, through carbon dating they can they can Picture the dinosaur, picture that that whoever that person was, they can mm. track back how old it is. I, I'm almost I'm, I'm and amazed now at was this.
1: recreated. So yeah, yeah, it, it'll be yeah.
0: I mean, bringing back to life a, a extinct species would be <laughs> sure something something new. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that was that was uh, it from the headlines. We'll take a short break, and after that break, we'll come back and start our first segment which is about random acts of kindness and we will be talking about taking care of your aged parents and the responsibilities of children and and uh, parents as well in uh, in uh, the upcoming segment. So stay with us. Uh, join us after this short break. Uh, join us in this conversation as well. Call us on zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. We would love to hear your view. If you have any questions, throw it uh, at us. Otherwise, uh, you can also tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. We will see you after a short break.
2: You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
0: Assalamualaikum. Uh, peace be upon all our dear listeners. Welcome back to the breakfast show. It's uh, Monday, the 19th of, 19th of February, 7:32. Uh, we are starting our first topic: um, taking care of aging or aged parents. Uh, parents. Uh, seeing our parents age can bring about a multitude of emotions and anticipatory grief. Before the actual loss, such emotions and grief can be healed through a variety of ways, such as accepting and normalizing the course of nature. Uh, Taking care of your aging parents, um, it's uh, a really, really important part of uh, many people's lives. Uh, A day to show the act of kindness, not wanting anything in return. And it originated um, in Denver, Colorado in 1995. Uh, this is um, uh, in 2004. Uh, so this day, which we are uh, gonna celebrate, uh, it started in New Zealand, and this day is held for positively for not only the receiver of kindness, but reactions are reached to the giver. These acts of kindness can be done all year round. The promised Messiah, peace be upon him, uh, instructed community to feel the pain of others and the importance of serving a person's heart is required to be consumed in love for others he doesn't care for the comfort of his own but rather only for others so we see that the teachings of Islam in the Holy Quran um, and uh, even in some uh, societies I would say uh, parents have a have a really really high regard uh, whereas in some parts of the world Parents are not taken care of um, in 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 the manner, or they're not given the respect they deserve. Uh, in the Holy Quran, a very beautiful verse um, it mentions that um, to the believers uh, that uh, lower the wing of humility for your parents, mm. meaning that you know, like in your in front of your parents, just lower yourself like you're nothing, mm. because you are nothing compared to the favors they have done on you. And don't even say as much as you know a sound of oof or even a, a ah, or yeah, something like or that. Yeah, even an expression of, um, yeah. of, of dis- or, discomfort or, or, or dislikeness. Yeah, yeah. because uh, the the favors of your parents on you are so so great, mm. you can't repay them even if you try to repay them in your whole life. Very true. And a prayer in the Holy Quran mentions that رَبِّ um, كَمَا uh, that oh my lord have mercy on my parents because they nurtured me they raised me they took of me when i was you know a, a young child I, mm. I couldn't take care of myself and uh, i was a dependent and they took that that um, obviously they are the parents but there are so many things parents do which they don't have to mm. you know they mm. that love a mother and child have is is something god given but many things which parents do they go out of their trouble, out of, of the, out of their comfort, to give to their children, even though they wouldn't have to do that in some cases. So, uh, in in this regard, we have a guest with us um, who is uh, Lucy Jackson, uh, policy manager for health Lewis and care. Uh, Louis Jackson, sorry, who is a policy policy manager for health and care, and uh, has been with HUK for just over two years. Uh salamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome to The Breakfast Show, Lewis.
3: Thank you so much for inviting me to come and talk to you today.
0: Thank you for joining us this morning and taking some time out of your schedule. Uh, to, in today's segment, we're, we're focusing on kindness towards elderly people and, uh, you know, taking care of your parents. Tell us a little bit about how important this is, uh, how important this topic is itself and uh, why we need to discuss this more.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, kindness uh, towards our fellow human beings is so important Mm -hmm. for society, isn't it? It makes the world a better place. Our parents do so much for us, so do all our our older relatives, our neighbours too. So caring for older members of your family, looking out for your neighbours, and being generally considerate of older people, I think, when you're out and about, it's really important. Um, Ageism's a real problem in society, and it's a very widespread form of discrimination. I think that's perhaps all the more prevalent because we don't really talk about ageing do we as a society so it's really great that you're doing this today and talking about these issues because we're all getting older more of us are living for longer but we're not necessarily aging well and in good health so we need to change that and have a more open tolerant and intergenerational society where we all understand each other better and learn from one another so i think this conversation Mm. is is overdue and, and really important we do need to care for one another we do need to care for people whatever their age and be more understanding towards one another
0: yes definitely
1: what do you therefore have to say Louise about uh, the culture in this country and probably uh, you know in some western countries in, in, in general about not looking after the parents and um, um, and almost shoving them into into care homes
3: yeah i mean i think things are different there there are different uh, cultural norms in in this respect and you um certainly you see more intergenerational families in in uh, asian communities um i think it it is a very different approach um and it's wonderful if we can all, all care for one another at home some families can't can't manage that don't have
1: sorry i think uh we have lost uh Louise. we will try to connect back with her uh but yeah um she was she was obviously saying that um it, it, different culture norms um exist over here and mm-hmm. um yeah i i i tend to to think that yeah it's uh it just it, as you as you were saying that your parents are something are somebody who take care of you when um uh, when you need the most, and uh, hmm. unfortunately, they are not then cared for when they need that care most, when uh, they need those favors to be uh, reciprocated, even though uh, you cannot reciprocate uh, fully.
0: Yeah, ever. I mean, the elderly, um, even as humans, we have so many issues ourselves health issues. Somebody has a toothache, somebody has um, some other back pain. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that age, you know, you're, you're your almost grandparents, and there's so many problems you have. Uh, I, uh, it's just unbelievable. To I mean, uh, a lot of respect to those people who do manage without any help. Mm. Uh, many really old people, they don't. They are very independent, mm. uh, which which I think is a good thing. But uh, that does that doesn't mean that we as society or as as their children um, should think in this way that oh, they can handle themselves, so I don't need to take care of them we should always fulfill our part and uh, do do our best to serve them even if they don't need it and you know just as they they uh, they took care of us they did so many things so many uh, sacrifices for us which they didn't need to do uh, but they did it out of love we should repay that same love um, when when they are older when they need us and um, i think t- today's age especially since uh, s- social media came out um, the, the loneliness factor has, so it's a uh, massive problem has the spiked up. It's, it's the, um, I think it's
1: the number one problem now. Yeah, is, is,
3: Hello, yeah, you, Louise, you are back. Yes, I'm really sorry. I don't know what happened there. I connected to uh, something else. <laughs> no, no, that's so I, I, that's that's I all right. That. So yeah,
1: so so you're telling us about um, yeah your thoughts really on uh, on what more can. A, a, can siblings or can, well, can uh, children do to take care of uh, of their parents well
3: i think you need to listen i think you need to listen to what 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 your parents or other older relatives as well or even your neighbors you know it's mm. important that we think about older people who may not have family around us sure uh, I have to say because just listening is really important you picked up on a really important point there around loneliness um, loneliness um, you're much more likely to become lonely as, as, as you become older mm-hmm. even if you're living with family in a fact in fact because aging is can be a very isolating experience your health is failing understanding that, 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 that those challenges um, that your parents or, or your older relatives may be facing is really important because it can be very isolating if you're experiencing mm-hmm. you're slowing down you've got problems with yeah. with your, your body isn't doing everything you want it to do mm. um, if you're having problems processing if you, you have cognitive difficulties yeah. or you know just you know you're 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 not hearing as well so that, can, that in itself can be isolating and if English isn't your first language that too can be very problematic we did mm. some work mm. during the pandemic with the Muslim Council of Britain and we talked to uh, a lot of older people, who who uh, about their challenges during the pandemic, and they found communicating with health professionals, for example, mm. really isolating. And it's quite difficult if if English isn't your first language. You have to do that via somebody else as well, because yes. sometimes these issues you don't really want to discuss with your children. So I think that having that understanding. Is going to be really important, mm. um, and and listening to what older people have to say.
0: Yes, Lewis, you. I mean, you have been a counsellor for almost thirteen years in health and well-being um, board chair, and in, in Bedford, and you worked with many MPs as well. What do you think, in in, in your opinion, is um, the reason for this increased pressure on uh, care homes and lack of funding and staffing? And I feel like just not enough attention towards care homes and taking care of the elderly.
3: Well, oh, I, th- I think there's not enough attention to care um, uh, in general. So it's not just care homes; it's it's care that's delivered in the home, because it, people, a lot of people, have carers come into their home. Um, it can be very difficult to find this. It's also it can be difficult to find the right type of care home if somebody has dementia, for example, that's close to home. And then visiting can get difficult and that's because we're not paying care workers enough Um, they're very undervalued and yet they do tremendous work they had a very very difficult time during the pandemic so mm-hmm. we need better pay and structures we need to give our local councils more money they deliver vital services they deliver preventative services to keep people well um, uh, so we need to give them a lot more money so that they can deliver those services in the community Uh, that really matters to people that keep people well for longer keep people connected stop people from becoming lonely so we have to have a radical rethink, it doesn't matter who the next government is, about how care is funded and whoever is in government after the next general uh, general election needs to really grasp this and and, and think really about how how they're going to fund care we're getting older, more people need that um, and it's just not working for lots of older people at the moment.
1: Right. Louise, um, what are your thoughts on what sort of impact Brexit had or has had on um, on care here in the UK?
3: Yeah, I think there have been challenges uh, because we've lost a lot of carers. Mm. um that that have returned uh to, to their country of origin because because it's been difficult and it is difficult to come here. I think there are some uh changes coming in as well as the immigration rules that are going to make it more difficult for people to bring their family mm. here um if they, if they if they were coming uh to start a caring role we, we're struggling to get enough people uh mm. who are already living with it with, within the, the the UK to take on these roles, so we do need to bring people from overseas at the moment. It, it, it's not ideal, but that that is necessary. But you, you can't stop people from bringing their families, and unfortunately, mm. that's one of the things that. I mean, it really sounds like shows.
1: a double whammy, almost. That on the one hand, the government is reducing funding, and on the other hand, they you know they they're tying up uh, our hands or uh, the hands of um, you know people like yourselves to hire people from abroad.
3: I think it's very difficult I mean I don't hire anyone from abroad because mm. I'm, I'm no longer working in a local authority and <laughs> I work for Age UK but I think at Age UK we do see that challenge but I think we need we need to really look again at care and how we're delivering it and, and help to bring care closer to home for people make it possible for people to get care in their home as well get the aids and adaptations they need if they want to remain at home whether that's alone or with family members as well so disabled facilities grants for example that local authorities provide we need more funding to go into that so that people can make changes to their home to adapt for, for um people as they age um it's really mm. really important that we we have a real shape-up of what's happening in local government and also ensure that we're paying people who deliver this fantastic care to our older generation so much more money so that they could they, they want to stay and and make a real career out of care
0: um, thank you 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 work for Age UK now um, what tell us a bit about Age UK what do you do and what kind of services uh, are you providing
3: yeah I mean there's there's so much we have an, a whole network of local Age UK's um, that deliver a huge range of services for older people and they're all different they all do different things so they have handy person services mm-hmm. they'll go in and fix things though so a curtain rail comes off for example somebody will come round for a small fee and, and repair that. Um, befriending services, uh, home from hospital services. These are really important. So mm-hmm. people can come home from hospital safely and uh, someone will go in and make sure that everything's set up for them, that they've got milk in the fridge, that kind of thing. And also sit with them and, and look after them in those those few days afterwards. Uh, picking up yeah. prescriptions, if, uh, foot care um care support lunch clubs falls prevention services huge range of things that, that we i mean the, the list is endless it really is yeah the whole package
0: um, yeah um, yes and and uh, do you think that um um well since we live in the uk do you think here d- there is this um trend of um not caring for the ed- elders or is it just a cir- circumstances kind of uh, force the children to not be able to take care of them for example uh, work responsibilities that um and, and education and and then if you have a family on top of that do you think that it's too much to to cope or do you think it's just a, uh, it's not enough effort from from the youth
3: um i don't i think people aren't always Necessarily, the best people to look after older people. Uh, you, you know, I mean, you may not have the right temperament. Mm. You may not want. You know, your your older relative may not want to live with with you either. So, um, <laughs> it's not always the case that that um, younger people aren't doing enough. But I think I think we do need to remember to to, to visit our parents and our relatives. And remember that they can become lonely. That that you know mm. as as, as you get older, your your support networks they might move away, people die. It can become so lonely. So just remembering uh, to stop in for a friendly chat, and it's not just about about your um, your parents, by the way. Looking in on your neighbours. I mean, especially at times when it's just really cold or really hot, it's really important that we're looking out for the the older people who live around us as well and making sure that they're okay because older people are, are much more vulnerable to heat and cold and we put out lots of messages around this over, over the winter time but do check in on your neighbors as well as 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 your family and and, and the people mm. that you know well but yeah i think i think society has changed and i think that that it's necessary sometimes for people in the family to work people move further away so they can't always provide their care and as, as I was trying to say earlier before I was cut off if someone has very complex needs if they have a form of dementia they have challenging behaviors it might may be that the family aren't aren't the right people to to give that the right care for that person yeah. and they, they 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 need that specialist care that can be provided in a home so it's not it's not always the case that people are being neglectful. for i think sometimes care delivered by professionals is is the right option for that older person
0: mm-hmm. do you have any um faith inspiring or emotional stories uh or any any memories uh of uh, especially age uk how you have helped someone or uh any, anything like that
3: Oh gosh, there's so many, so many stories. I'm trying to trying to think of one specific one. Um, AGK Norwich have a fantastic health coaching service, um, and so they've helped lots of older people who were really really struggling to move around and uh, uh, to 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 get fitter and healthier and realise um, that that they can do things that they never thought that they were able to do. Our befriending services, we, we deliver one nationally and we also have um befriending services uh delivered from local HUKs are a real lifeline. Lots of older people talk to us about how important it is to them to get that call from somebody who just you know once a week um that 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 conversation that they have is is a real lifeline because sometimes these people don't get a chance to speak to anybody else all week. So I, we know that that mm-hmm. makes a real difference for older people. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, as a counsellor, I I I regularly met the older people in my ward and and across Bedford borough um, for coffee mornings. We had some fantastic chats, um, and I think I got a lot from that as well. And I, I when I meet older people now in my current role, I think I get. I hope I get as much of it out of it as they do. It's it's mm-hmm. fantastic to. To exchange stories we can learn so much from each other they've got all that experience you know it's really important that we talk
0: yeah yeah that's really true i mean that the the experience they have you can't learn this anywhere you can't uh,
3: no 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 life teaches you all that isn't that's, yeah. doesn't it and, you know we need to share those that that experience um intergenerationally it's so important
0: no doubt uh thank you so much uh louise jackson um it was a pleasure speaking to you uh, a lovely I'm chat. Sorry, we got cut and, off. Uh, <laughs> no problem, no problem. Thank you for coming back as well. Uh, yeah, have a lovely day, and I wish you all the best with your work. And um, we hope and pray that the situation is, um, of of the care homes and just generally taking care of the elderly is is more um, appreciated and more more promoted.
3: You have a lovely day too. Thank you very much for inviting me to come and talk to you today.
0: Thank you. Bye bye. Have have a nice day. Um, yeah, so this was um a Louise Jackson, Jackson uh from Age um, UK who is a policy manager and healthcare uh and has been um, with Age UK for 2 years. She's also a councillor. Uh, she was a councillor for 13 years um uh, health and well-being board chair in Bedford and previously worked as a parliamentary researcher and manager with a number of MPs as well. Mm. Um and she mentioned a very uh, Important thing about uh, taking care of your neighbors. So yeah, um, uh, and very well made there. Yeah, yeah. Which, which yeah. Uh, I mean, we sometimes only think about parents and parents, mm. and even though there's other relatives, and mm. sometimes there's people around us in our circle that need our help, especially the old, el- older people um, that we can give attention to. Uh, you don't have to always, um, you know, look out for care homes. Uh, just look around you in your neighborhood. Uh, there's uh, everywhere where you go th- there are some. Some elderly who were struggling, struggling yep. probably in, in some sense sure yeah, so um, in terms of i mean why should we take care of aging parents, which is a not i mean not a very 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 good question, I would say it's a very very straightforward answer to this one
1: yeah, I mean especially if you look at it from uh, from an Islamic point of view, I guess the uh, the injunctions are very, very clear you, it's your responsibility. Uh, the Quran, you know, puts the uh, the onus uh, wholly and uh, and squarely on the shoulders of uh, the uh, the children to take sh- to make sure that they actually care take care of their their parents. It's uh, it, it is described as a great blessing for you to. Uh, I'm reminded of a tradition of the Holy Prophet uh, uh, of Islam, um, Muhammad may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, where he said that you know if you find one of your parents in old age and um, uh, you don't take care of them, then it's uh, it, it, it's your loss. Really, um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it, it is a source of uh, a huge amount of blessings for you if you if you take care of your your parents and you're required to take care of your parents.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's so important. Uh, one and another narration, uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, narrate. He said that he was asked. About the rights of parents uh, upon their children, and he replied that you know the parents are either the heaven or hell for their children. Um, if you take care of them, then mm. you are doing such a great service that God Almighty rewards you with heaven. Mm. But if you neglect them and uh, uh, you you don't take care of them, you are rude to them. Mm. Then that that's such a grievous, uh, such such a major uh, sin. You can say yes, that it is. you mm. can you can earn hellfire for yourself. Mm. And in another narration, Hazrat uh, Abdullah bin Amr, uh, he narrated that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said that the pleasure of Allah lies in the pleasure of the Father. And the displeasure of Allah lies in the displeasure of the Father. Uh, Meaning that uh, obedience to the Father is um, of of such importance that if you you are listening to your Father, if you are obeying your Father, then it's uh, as if you are obeying God Almighty uh, directly. And uh, also in another, in another narration, uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, um, a person came to him and he sought advice about taking part in jihad, which is a a struggle. Uh, but in in this regard, it's referring to um, it could be a war, it could be a, a, a physical struggle, it could be a mental struggle or a personal struggle. But uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked him whether he has his his mother was alive. Uh, a very very strange question for for the companion for the for the person. He said that uh, I was asking about jihad and about about um, you know advancing in my spirituality, and he's asking me about if my mother is alive, and he answered yes. And the Holy Prophet peace be upon him then told him to go back home and serve her uh, as heaven was under the feet of your mother. And this is why Islam has uh, always taught us. Uh, to take care of your parents and and the Holy Prophet has given us clear, clear instructions and uh, guidelines on why to take care of your parents Um, we have a short clip about um, you know relationships uh, between parents and and the children and what we can do, Uh, let's listen to that short clip and then we'll take a short break after that
4: My question is, how are we able to have a good relationship with our parents so we don't do things our parents don't like?
5: You see, your parents always want good for you. They don't want anything bad for you, right? So whenever they give you any advice or they ask you to do something that is for your good, you obey them. If they ask you that you go to school and study hard and get good marks, that is for your betterment, for your good. If they ask you when you come back home, you complete your homework first, then it is for your good. If they ask you to keep yourself clean, it will benefit you. Right? Because yes, please. this is how you can have good health. If they ask you to offer your five daily prayers, then it is for the betterment of your spiritual level. So you will get close to Allah Ta'ala in this way.
3: Yes,
5: please. You see, always think that your parents are the people who are the best people in the world who love you, who care for you and who desire good for you. So always obey them. And this is how you can have good relation with your parents. I don't think there's any parent who does something opposite to this. Okay, zakallah.
0: That was His Holiness uh, Mr. Masoor Ahmed uh, giving us some uh, valuable advice. Uh, we are coming up to the news and we'll take a short break and after that we'll be continuing the segment for a short while Uh, if you want uh, to get in touch with us if you want to join the conversation call us on 020-8687-7878 or drop a tweet at Voice of Islam UK we would love to hear from you and uh, any experiences you want to share maybe so we'll be back after this short break
2: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day.
0: as alaikum, Peace be upon everyone. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show. Uh, it's 8.04 and we are discussing uh, the, the, the importance of taking care of your parents and aged people um, and uh, visiting their care homes and so on. In this regard, we have uh, another a clip of a discussion uh, of a program called Faith Matters which plays on the MTA um, about about tensions between uh, children and their parents so let's listen to that discussion which uh, which has uh, which is very important and is teaching us some very valuable lessons.
2: jazakumullah for your question um, it's a couple of questions but they're both on quite a sort of deep that sort of subject uh, we'll start with the first one he writes that a big problem faced by young people today is the tension which exists between parents and children he then talks and describes about strange relationships between parents strained relationships um, children being over anxious parents being over protective so on and so forth he then asks the most pertinent part of the question of course is what guidance is provided within islam for both parents and children for avoiding such a situation. Now, it's an interesting question which probably um, requires a whole programme if not a few programmes devoted to it. But Doksa, I'm coming to you first, this is something, it's a reality. Children have conflict, not just within Muslim families but across the board we see it. There's a problem between parents and children, it's communication, it's understanding. Some would call it generational, some would call it cultural. What does Islam prescribe?
6: Well, Islam emphasizes on the family unit and, and, and that is at the origin of uh, our, uh, our homes. So there is great stress that both parents have to obviously carry out uh, the tarbiyat in a loving manner of their children so that a close bond is created between all, all parties. And, and that's um, more difficult to do than, than to say. But uh, there are there are many uh, forms of advice that Islam gives both to the parents and to the children, um, in terms of uh, respect and also in terms of love. So the parents have to obviously always carry out their training of the children, keeping uh, both of these aspects in mind. That their advice must always be in a loving manner to that child, and the child will then take that on board and will respond in a respectful and reciprocate in a loving loving manner also. But also we have to uh, emphasize that uh, one leads by example, so that when we are training our children in their day-to-day life, in their religious life and in that, they have to set an example. Why do you say that what you do not yourself? The Holy Quran sets us this very important principle that Allah despises this action that you do something and you say something else you carry out something else so this is leading by example and as parents that this they have to realize that that that, that is the example that they must set obviously time, time is a factor in these societies as well because often what we will find is that before the child has woken up the parent or parents have both gone to their, their to their uh, jobs and when when they return the children have already gone to bed so that that uh, contact is minimal in those respects and therefore Uh, you cannot carry out their training with that in mind. So that is something that uh, we have always to take on board, that uh, keeping the family together in the home and then carrying out their advice in that respect is an important issue.
2: Reference, I mean, you've talked about the sort of parental responsibility and obligations. Um, If I could come to you as well, equally for the children, there is a responsibility unto the parents as well, which is also important and sometimes lost in today's world
4: absolutely, I agree that uh, this is a a Two-way street and both have to work equally with one another in order to um, Work towards betterment and improvement The Holy Quran has laid great emphasis on respect for parents or elders for that matter The Holy Quran says that we should not even express our displeasure by making a slight sound of "ah." What, it, what, what do these parents always tell me? Mm-hmm. And quite the contrary, we should pray for our parents. Rabbir huma, have mercy on them. Kama because they helped me and nurtured me while I was young. While at that time when I had no um, other protector, my parents were my direct re- protector after God, the Almighty, of course. The wonderful thing about Islam is that it teaches that Everybody has responsibilities. In a husband-wife relationship, both have responsibilities. In a parent-children relationship, both have responsibilities. And the responsibilities of the children are to try and seek guidance from their elders mm-hmm. because, of course, they have lived an entire lifetime. They have experience which they can help their children with. and. One of the problems which we see in society today is that children find themselves or youngsters find themselves to be overly independent and they believe that they can do whatever they want whenever they want. But we see that this always leads to trouble because that guidance is not there which our parents or our elders can give us. And this is the beauty of Islam. Islam teaches that we should work towards protecting society. And society is protected by those people who have knowledge and experience on how to protect society. Because in essence, our society moves forward in the form of our future generations. So our young youngsters should realize that and accept that. And if we pray for our parents and our parents pray for us and we have this relationship of love, then it's impossible for uh, there to be any problems. One thing which I would humbly suggest to any parent um, and children for that matter, is that we should learn from each other's experiences. We should share our problems with each other. And when we do that in a controlled, in a wholesome manner, then you will see that parents will learn things from their children, and children will also learn things from their parents. But this concept of being overly independent and not needing anybody's guidance, this always leads to trouble. Even Prophets of God need guidance from Allah the Almighty. Everybody needs guidance from Allah.
0: So that was a very interesting discussion uh, on the program, Faith Matters, about parents and children. Uh, We are coming to the end of our first segment here, talking about parents. And uh, we will be transitioning to the next segment, which is about, uh, uh, before parenthood, is the marriage. Uh, So we'll take a tiny break and after that we'll be coming to... uh, Discuss about the need of marriage and uh, what's the situation in Britain specifically. Again, give us a call and uh, join the discussion on 020 7878 or give us a tweet at Voice of Islam UK. Allah, Allah,
7: Allah, Allah.
2: You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day
0: Welcome back um, Thank you for, uh, for listening in everyone and uh, I hope you're enjoying this discussion uh, We are moving forward to another important topic um, Think Tank S- uh, Civitas study in 2021 revealed that marriage is disappearing in Britain and will likely all but fizzle out sometime in the second half of this century. Civil partnerships have flopped in uh, spectacular fashion. Uh, Couples in a civil partnership account for less than half of 1% of all marriages and civil partnerships in the UK. And uh, which is shocking. In in, in 2021, uh, that was the first year on record that more babies were born to cohabiting couples than married couples. Um, These are very... Fearing statistics, um, if if we look at it in terms of the marriage, uh, people moving away from marriage, and mm. and uh, they feel like you you can live life without marriage, you know, in in a, in a, maybe a, a, a partnership or.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you certainly look at it from uh, from a uh, from a safety and 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 a children, uh, uh, you know, psychology uh, standpoint. Then marriage does provide that uh, that safety net, that uh, uh, um, that uh, that security for children, and uh, uh, the um, uh, you know the uh, um, it, the level of um, uh, the depth of that relationship uh, reflects on um, uh, on on children's upbringing, on how they feel. And how safe they feel. So, uh, yeah, marriage mm-hmm. is a, yeah, I think is a, is a very important institution. And I think yeah, you're right. It's unfortunate that the um, uh, the incidence of marriage or the the rate of marriage is actually only coming down. And uh, and yeah. I think that is something which is affecting both partners as well, uh, males and and females. Um, and and that's something that uh, I think we shall also mm. delve into later in the show.
0: Yeah, nowadays there's been this social shift that um, marriages, um, not marriages, but uh, successful and long-term uh, partnerships can exist outside the bond of mm. marriage, uh, which, is, which is causing a lot of issues. Uh, of course, in terms of our Islamic view, marriage is a very important part, um, so much so that one of the narrations of the Holy Prophet says that uh, your wife is, is, uh, completes your faith. Uh, meaning that there is so many, so many uh, benefits and uh, hidden advantages to marriages that it's it's essential for your faith as well.
1: I mean, the Quran actually describes both husband and wife as uh, as sort of a garment for for each other, as a, as sort a of covering for for each yeah. other and. Um, and And shows how dependent um they are on each other let's now go to our first guests uh for this particular segment who are Mr. and Mrs Russ and Deirdre fairman alaykum peace be with you and thank you very much for joining Russ and uh, mr and mrs fairman thank you
8: it's wonderful to be here very
1: good
9: it's very good to be on your show Thank you for inviting
1: us well excellent lovely to to be speaking to both of you so uh Firstly, tell us, what, uh, what sort of organization do you run and what uh, help or support do you offer to couples? Yeah, sure.
9: So um, we're part of Marriage Encounter. It's a worldwide movement, and uh, we work for the, uh, the UK division of that. But it's been going for nearly 50 years, and um, I would say there's been upward of 4 million people have actually experienced the, the Marriage Encounter way. Yeah. Um, but it's much more than just support for the marriage in a one-off um experience. We go into a community after we've done this experience to, to help people to nurture and develop the tools that uh, they've received and to uh, to continue to work on their relationship really. So it's um it's a big thing and uh, it's helped many couples to uh, to have the best marriage that they
1: possibly can. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, sure, please go ahead.
8: Yeah, it's not about um we don't we're not really looking for to help people that are in crisis hmm. in that, that point of their marriage, although lots of people do come on who who are in that that sort of position, but it's just about recognizing that we all struggle in in relationships and and it's about getting back to why we got together in the first place
1: sure absolutely um yeah. why do you guys think that marriage uh, as um, as a practice is going down? Here in the UK and generally in the West, actually.
8: Um, uh, Well, I would. One of the major things I would think is um, uh, our societal values that are being put upon us. uh, The social media and everything like that that we see is just is a throwaway society. If it's not working, throw it away. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. and I think that people have come to think that about marriage that that it's um if it's not perfect then we'll find another one that maybe will be perfect. But of course, that's not the reality. <laughs>
1: that uh, perfect doesn't exist anywhere. No. And you relevant, have
6: to work on... Domain, yeah, sure. The please. other dimension
9: to that is, of course, that um, society would uh, leave us to be more individualistic and uh, think about happiness being something that is about uh, us and uh, life is about us. So, of course, we know from people of faith that... Um, Life starts to get really rich when you start to live for other people. Mm. And society is kind of taking people away from that a little bit and encouraging them to think about themselves as individuals and what makes them happy personally. And um, I think those values sometimes undermine the principle of marriage as we see it, which is working together to make the other person happy and to start living life for others. And um, Mm. that's why I think things start to go a little bit wrong, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can't agree more. What what do you guys... um uh, think about the um, the impact that um, living outside marriage have on children and on uh, partners when they actually separate, and, and and especially the female partners, because in in some occasions, uh, at least I have seen that um, you know the male partner just leaves the the kids with the female and and just walks away
8: yeah it's 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 a very sad situation isn't it when when couples feel that they can't continue together, and it does affect the family and I mean we've had it in our own family as well, and it, it's that the children are really affected, and they do need a mother and father to to help with because because none of us are perfect. so when one parent gets stressed with the children, it really needs the other partner to then step in and say, You know we can do this together, it's not all on your shoulders.' So the the stress that is then on the single parent is just incredible it's just awful. the whole the monetary thing about having to make ends meet and also then bring up the children and do everything for them is 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 really hard uh, and I think um, that the role model you know kids need to see a mother and a father figure, and they need to see that, that actually you can, you can argue, you can have disagreements. But you get over it, and you can carry on living as as a unit, and and not in a loving way, and, and not um not just walk away from it, not just fight it. You know,
7: uh-huh.
8: it's so important to see to see that happening within a marriage, within a within a um, situation like that. And I think when people are not married, they are very much more um, ready to walk away from the situation. They yeah. feel like they haven't made that commitment. Yeah, court, it's easier to we'll walk lie. out, absolutely. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Russ, so. do you want to add to that?
9: Yeah, I was just thinking about some um, situation with our own children with, uh we mm. have five and uh, one of those went through a, a separation. His wife uh, left him. Mm. And um, the children don't actually call each of the parents' houses their home. They say, I'm going back to mum's house or dad's house. Mm. And um, they don't use the word home whereas our children of course all we'll use that word mm, home <laughs> mm, mm. and so there was that concept of home and that foundation and uh, I think as Deary said it's it's so important for children to be witnessing people that can work through things and uh, that's an example in their own lives that um, that life is so rich when you uh, are able to manage conflict in a loving way when you're able to to make things work and that uh, there's a there's a solid outcome and of course in separation that's uh, sending a message to them that um that things can't be overcome which is which is not great right
1: and what are your thoughts on the impact on the female partner when she's left to um uh, to take care of the kids and the male partner just walks out because as you said, there is no commitment
9: yeah, it's massive i mean there's the two fundamental needs that we see um in marriage encounter that we're trying to help people to come to terms with is one of the being loved and accepted and um Another one is is self-worth, and these are the principal things that in a marriage that you're feeding each other. So you're helping each other with those fundamental needs that human beings have. And uh, for the female to be on her own there, that's a huge dent, isn't it, to those Mm -hmm. those values of self-worth. You've got that huge sense of maybe rejection and uh, being undervalued. And they're just undermining the, the very things that build us up as people. So, you know, there's practical things, isn't there, with a, a woman that's bringing up children, maybe on her own. But there's also spiritual things there uh, around being loved and accepted and uh, having that sense of self worth, which are really undermined. And, uh, you know, we can see people, very, very broken female friends, that have um, fallen into that situation, which is um, really unhelpful in their
1: lives, of course. And yet society continues to promote this. Um uh, uh, this attitude that it's okay not to be married. Yeah, that is true. I mean, isn't it unfortunate that you know they, there is um, there is a disproportionate amount of uh, of impact here um, uh, on 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 mothers as opposed to fathers if they're looking at, if they are living in a partnership as opposed to a marriage, um, and 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 yet you know social media and everybody, everybody just talks about it in a very glamorous way.
9: Well, there's, you know, we're people of faith, right? And (laughs) we know that um, to hold a a relationship together, it takes a lot of uh, forgiveness and uh, it takes a lot of love. And both those things are spiritual dimensions, you know. And um, I I think that to actually be not embracing that um, and and calling upon a higher order to help you with those, those aspects of love and forgiveness is really hard. So I I kind of parallel two things here with what's going on in society. I I look at people who have got faith and uh, are praying together and calling upon uh, a greater being to help them with uh, love and forgiveness. The percentage of marriages that stay together in a faith context is so much higher. I mean, it's double, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So uh, there's an element there. There's a parallel thread going on. And I would say that some of these messages that are coming out of society that it's just okay to throw the towel in at an early point and everything's fine. You can just carry on, get another partnership Quite often, those messages are not coming from a faith-based message because they don't include that dimension of um, of forgiveness and and love that that comes from that higher order being in a faith.
0: Yeah, I think it also adds to the to the commitment part um, because yeah. um, that's also religion has put place marriage because of uh, of these commitments and responsibilities. Uh, otherwise, I mean. The, the husband, uh, when he's uh, not husband, well, the partner, the male partner, if he doesn't feel like taking care of the children, he will leave. But marriage kind of bonds him to yeah. taking care of children. And even if you look at the law here in the UK, that um, if you have to split, if married couples split, uh, they, they split the wealth 50 uh, 50 as well, which is making them more restricted to um, staying together. So I want to uh, hear your view on. Um, what's the what's how important is it um that the government takes uh, any kind of um puts in any any kind of laws or this or or maybe regulate regulates some um, you know partnerships do you think uh, the government should have any anything to do with this or, um or or not
9: well i think that um you know if if you look at what it costs the country in terms of split marriages, that's not really spoken about too much, is it? But there's a huge cost to that, you know, in terms of mopping up the mess that's created after a a marriage breaks down. And um, I I think it's just, look at it from um, an economic point of view or a well-being of a society, we're just adding so much complication to our society and so much overhead in terms of managing the consequences that it's just so in the government's interest to better support marriage and um, we're not seeing that in, in any level, you know, financial or some of the support programs that could be funded to help marriage. We just don't see that. And um, it doesn't make sense to us because we, we just think it's, it's in the country's interest to be supporting marriage.
8: Yeah, and I, also think, I also think that we, we're living in a society that if the government is supporting that we can be anything we want to be. You know, If if, something, if being single and having five children makes you happy... Then that's fine. That's okay. We'll support you doing that. Or because it's all about the individual, the individual's um, happiness. What they, but it's only short-lived. It's only they're not recognising that all of these things are just short-lived. They're not the joy that comes from having a faith, and they're not the joy from being in a committed relationship in a marriage. And it's just it's so upsetting. It's so um, short-sighted to to think that um, people can be. You know, whatever they want to be and do whatever they want to do. It's like the children and relationships are their ownership. It's like another toy, or or you know, it's not. It's not um, a commitment, and that's just so sad because they're missing out on so much. And the government does need to do something, but they're just scared, aren't they?
0: <laughs> yeah. So one one problem uh, I think everyone is facing. Um, there the, was the research conducted that. Uh, this this decline of marriage is much less obvious among uh, high income groups so money is, is a huge issue uh, mm. and the average cost of a wedding um, you know calculated last year was around £30,000 so mm. how much do you think that financial situations are affecting marriages?
9: You raise a very good point we've got uh, a son who's getting married this year, this year which oh. we're really delighted about and um, congratulations that, the cost of that, yeah thank, thank you. you yeah we're absolutely delighted for them both and uh but it, the, the cost is prohibitive. We do know, as we speak to the friends of our children, that um, they're just delaying marriage, or even thinking of putting the, putting off as, as something to do because mm-hmm. um, of the financial burden. And um, you know, I think that takes a little bit of rethinking in terms of expectations as to what a marriage is. And for us, the actual marital day should be something that um, is it's just a commitment with family. And uh, and friends oh, and for us uh, in the sight of God to make those commitments lifelong commitments to each other, and um, of course there's such a high expectation that is given that this should be, you know, a day in your life where you you have the absolute best garments that you're putting on the best banquet, and uh, all of that adds a lot of pressure to couples to thinking, do you know what? That's the same price as uh, as our house deposit, mm-hmm. and um, that's something that we can't afford. So that's uh, not so much that. Um, it's, it's stopping people i think it's the expectation that they're not doing right by their friends so best not do anything at all which is such a shame and mm-hmm. i've advocated to my friends uh to my children's friends that um if that is what they're thinking then go for something that is out of the model you know maybe invite guests and say look we just are a couple bring that a uh, haven't got the money <laughs> just just make it a bring and share yeah, yeah. and we have a fantastic <laughs> day so that shouldn't be uh, a restrictive piece
8: but i think i think also it's it's that it, it is the commitment that, that, that still, actually, people see marriage as more of a commitment, and so yeah. they still want to hold on to being two singles, so that therefore mm-hmm. so they won't get married because they know that it's easier to get out of a relationship that isn't marriage than it is to um, to to come out of a, a marriage and get divorced. So I think um, maybe that, that that's in the heads of, some, of a lot of people. I mean, I've spoken to some of my my sons. Friends and they say, "Well, we don't need to get married. We've made the commitment. We're living together as a married couple. Yeah. And and um, so, what's the point of marriage for us? Because we mm-hmm. we, we to stay together. But you know, it's so if you haven't got a faith, I think maybe that marriage is, is is not is not the thing that they're looking for because because they've already made that commitment by by living together. I don't know.
7: <laughs> yeah. Anyways.
8: <laughs> think when you're not in that that place you know when you when you have a faith it's difficult to to understand how what other people are actually thinking or what they actually believe so um
0: yeah yeah you've got a point there that i think faith also uh, does have a a great role in in terms of marriage as well but uh, even uh, people with uh, no faith or atheists also have um, marriages and happy marriages so it's mm. it's a it's a tricky one even though i i do believe even as um as Muslims, we believe that marriage is, is, is part of your faith, and uh, getting married um, it, it again puts that responsibility and commitment on you. Uh, and this will, in future, help the children uh, to have some kind of security. You know, what, what, like yeah. uh, otherwise, um, if you're not married, you can you can. It's so easy to split, so easy to 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 uh, not away. be not be responsible, yeah. and that uh, that puts the toll on the children afterwards.
9: Yes, I mean for me as a man, the often of guys are more selfish, I think, than ladies. That's mm. <laughs> um, one of the amazing things of, of my marriage that uh, I've gone through is that um, it's it's an, an amazing um, project in some ways to actually help you to to form as a person and to be less selfish and to start thinking about life being something that you live for others rather than yourselves. So to that point really with with managing counter, the thing that um, the programme that we run is that I was likened it to uh, as we would come up in the car, um, to be where we are at the moment, likening this this experience really as being one around the journey with the car. So as you, um, mm. as a new driver, you you get a bit of help from your mum and dad, don't you, as to as to how to drive the car. You pick up bad habits, and then comes the day that so you need to take some lessons from a professional. And the professional has to undo all the bad habits to get you safely through the test <laughs> and pass it. Because <laughs> uh, quite often the guidance you get around you is not professional and not that helpful sometimes. Mm. And uh, you come into the, the the experience, the marriage, you know, with some funny ideas at times. And then you, um, you you start to uh, pick up the, the, the right habits and you get through your driving test. But then you've got the car, you know, and who who drives a car for the whole of their life without taking it for a maintenance or a service? You either do it yourself or you take it into a garage. So I think uh, with marriage, with all the ups and downs that occur, the stresses from jobs and things that happen redundancies and the loss of a child and bereavement and all these huge pressures you know sometimes you just need help through these things so i think it's really worth investing in a, in a marriage and not just mm. uh, crashing through mm. it making the thing up as you go along and uh it's great to have organizations around yeah. you that uh, you can call upon just to give you a little bit of assistance to to work through things sometimes you know
0: yeah that was a great example there <laughs> uh thank you uh, mr and mrs uh Fairman. It, was, it was a pleasure having you on the show and uh and uh, having a chat with us and uh, I hope you have a lovely day ahead thank you very much for joining us
8: thank you very
0: much yes we're here with our grandchildren so we're really looking forward to it thank you thank you bye bye that was Mr. and Mrs. Fairman from Marriage Encounter which is is a worldwide Catholic Christian organisation that supports married couples Um, now we have uh, our next guest on the line as well um, who is Mrs. Uh, Cath- Catherine Hill Catherine Hill is a UK director at Care for the Family a national charity which aims to strengthen family life and help those who face family difficulties She's a well-known, um, she's a well-known speaker, author and broadcaster and uh, regularly presents marriage and parenting events across the country Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you uh, Welcome to The Breakfast Show
7: Thank
10: you so much, it's lovely to be with you
1: Thank you very much, Catherine, for joining us. So, yeah, tell us uh, um, about your organisation and what kind of help and support you provide to the families.
10: Okay, so Care for the Family was first established um, 35 years ago and we seek to provide all kinds of support to families but in three main areas. So, couple relationships, marriage, parenting and bereavement. And we often talk about being the fence around the top of the cliff more than the ambulance at the bottom um so we try and help families get good habits in uh in in family life so that when the tough times come they're prepared um uh, to to uh, manage those troubles because as we know troubles come to every every family Mm -hmm. um so yeah we're based in the uk in cardiff um just near cardiff and we but we work across across the the nation and um so, yeah, further abroad as well um and we've got books and courses and events um lots and lots of different ways that couples can access our help and support
1: so uh in terms of your experience what are the common challenges that people face and and come to you for help and support for
10: I think in terms of um so obviously we work in parenting and bereavement as well but talking about marriage Mm. today i would say um many many couples we have we have something called a a care line a helpline so people can call anyone can call um and get help and support and we see the same kind of issues happening in that and often um it will be issues to do with financial pressure um sadly often um, one has seen the other accessing pornography. That's a big one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, again, a creeping separateness. People just feeling that they're not in love anymore and feeling that their marriage is at an end. And so we seek to come alongside and help couples um, just navigate those storms uh, so they can stay together. And the pressure of children. That's often a big one as well. A couple um, suddenly have a little baby and uh this little new person is in there, in their home, in their relationship, and oh. they're just wondering how to navigate that.
1: So you mentioned important one. you mentioned pornography um, as one of the issues ca- causing uh, schism in in marriages. Uh, how um, tell us a bit more about that?
10: I'm sorry, the li- I think the line's broken up a bit. I didn't quite hear that. Yes. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned that uh, one of the challenges, or one of the things that one of the issues that presents challenges within marriage is pornography. How does that actually um, affect marriages?
10: I'm so sorry. There's, it's. Um, do you want to try one more time, or should we try the call again? Yes, let's 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 try
1: to reconnect uh, with you. Okay. Uh, yeah Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. So while we're trying to uh, reconnect with um, uh, with Catherine Hill, um, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. I think uh, I'd just like to go back to a point that. Um, um, Russ uh, and um, Deirdre, um, uh, him his wife made about forgiveness mm. and the importance of uh, forgiveness in uh, in marriage. I think that is uh, that is such an important point, and I think that's uh, and also important in terms of the fact that uh, that you've got to think um, of the other person first. And and that yeah. is the secret of really a successful that's, yeah, marriage. That's the secret.
0: Um, yeah. being selfless and uh, also um, not just forgiving. Also being, um, you know, kind of a little bit careless in the sense that uh, if if your partner is doing something wrong, mm. you, you need to ignore it. You need to ignore it, and you need to, as this audience um, always advises married couples, that close your ears, close your eyes, close mm. your mouth, and. Mm. You know your marriage will be successful, meaning that d- there is so many flaws within mm-hmm. within uh, 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 marriages in in partners that you can't fix everything. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to you have to be compromising, compromising a lot. One hundred percent. And so much compromising that you might not. It might be the smallest thing. You know, you don't like that your partner. I mean, leaves. I don't know the dishes. How it doesn't, doesn't mm. do the dishes, mm. and people might have. You've got to be forgiving. You've got to be. Um, yeah. Okay. So you need to you need to divide up your your. Um, this this whole you make.
1: know Western attitude about or or, or I'd say East. I mean this global attitude I should say about uh, me first. I think that uh, that is uh, I think the worst recipe for mm. for any marriage. I think we've got uh, Catherine Hill again on the line. Hello, Catherine. Can you hear us Hello. now?
10: Yes, that's fine, thank you.
1: Excellent. Yes. So we were talking about the challenges in marriages, and one of the cha- one of the things that you said presents challenges within marriage is pornography. Yes uh, tell us how.
10: Um well, if one couple is accessing pornography, which is increasingly available now because of the digital age, then actually they are seeing unrealistic views of the sexual relationship that can't possibly their partner can't possibly their spouse can't possibly live up to and um so their affections and their um interest is going there it's actually addictive as well and watching porn um changes the way our brains are wired and so we just say to couples um when and it is increasingly a situation not just for men either women as well but we just say get some help um, admit that this is an issue because there's so much help out there um, Because our sexual relationship is one part but a very important part of our marriage and it's worth working at along with Communication and how we resolve difficulty and all the other things that we're talking about this morning
0: Yes, definitely. I mean uh, one of our previous guests mrs. And mrs. Fairman, They also mentioned faith as being part of the marriage and and vice versa Um and I think this this um, would solve uh, this issue in, in terms of uh, um, uh, safety and uh, staying away from pornography in, in from a faith perspective um, but uh, which what, what kind of uh, um, treatments or how do you deal with with uh, these issues that uh, are presented to you uh, what are like your top uh, suggestions you know for um, number one that people come with you with children as well uh, pornography is an issue and uh, you mentioned one more thing I forgot if you can just repeat that as well please
10: um, I think I said financial pressure yes yes, yes um, that's it. I think any of these things um, I think pornography is slightly different and, and I would definitely recommend getting an accountable relationship getting some professional help um, but so many of the issues in marriage we can help ourselves by just beginning to talk together about it by bringing the issue out into the open and learning to communicate well. So to be able to, we often talk about it being like a couple are sitting on a sofa together and this issue is between them like a cushion Mm. and you put it out in front of you and realize we're a team, we're on the same side and and begin to learn to talk about these various issues together and talk about how we feel um, and listen to the other one and then try and find a solution. And if that solution doesn't, doesn't work, then go back and try again. But that's a really good place that most couples can begin at. Mm-hmm. And for some, it's too hard and we need to get outside help. And I think one of our big messages is to say we, we get help in anything else in life. We buy a new computer, we learn how to do it. We, I think one of your previous callers was just talking about learning to drive a car. There's no shame yeah. in getting help in learning how to build a really healthy, vibrant marriage
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's really important uh, communication and and admitting that you're not perfect. You know, there'll be so many. Yes. uh As I was saying earlier, there'll be so many flaws within you and your partner as so well that maybe a lot of people would feel ashamed to mention them or uh, or hide them. Uh, and and communication does solve, I think, almost um, every issue, isn't it? It
10: does. Well, beginning with communication, and also I think I've been married now for. 39 years. And in the early days of our marriage, I think I didn't understand that conflict was a normal part of marriage, that we were going to have differences, that there were going to be things that we um, disagreed over. And so the first few times we had a disagreement, um, I grew up in a family where uh, things weren't really brought out into the open and discussed, whereas my husband. Family was different so he was bringing things up and I was I was running for cover and
7: refusing <laughs> to
10: engage and actually it's much healthier mm. um, lots of research on this but it's mm. much healthier to bring the things out into the open and learn to disagree well in a healthy way um, so that we can push through obviously there's bad ways to disagree but there is a way where we can just present what we're thinking and the other one listen and I think understanding that that's an important part of marriage um, goes a long way.
1: Catherine, do you think this is, uh, given what's happening in the society, um, that marriage is a is a or promoting marriage as an institution is a lost cause?
10: Um, no, it's not a lost cause. Definitely not a lost cause. I think though, what has happened is, um, is it's all about commitment. So when a couple move in together, um, very often there's, there's a lot of research about this for the for the woman. They often think this is it. This is it for life. Um, whereas for the men mm. they don't they don't commit in the same way mm. and that's the the important part of marriage is the making of those long-term promises to each other gives you a long-term goal so when you hit a difficulty you know you've promised to be together now we have been in this long enough to know that it's not possible um, sometimes not even desirable to save every marriage but nevertheless when you've made that promise together the commitment to work at it together is there and the the idea that marriage and love is a choice and it's something that we do it's not just a feeling um we often we talk about um january love at care for the family the idea that it's easy to love when it's sun when the sun's shining and all is well Mm. but what does it take to love when in those winter times um and that sometimes is about choice and so um i think if we can help couples understand that and push through the difficult times um, because they do come to every marriage then that's that actually working through it that process of that strengthens their relationship
2: So do you
1: think this, uh, this new fad or um, uh, this new trend of people just cohabiting and not getting married is actually favouring men more than it is women? I do
10: <laughs> I do and there's lots of research about that um that yeah that shows that um there's an ambiguity about it <clears throat> and there's often that asymmetric um uh, look at at commitment um so i i do think that um it's not to say that there aren't successful and happy long term um cohabiting relationships there are um, but by and large, the level of commitment between men and women is is different or their understanding of mm. what they're committing to. It's about expectations, I think.
1: But Catherine, mm. nobody talks about it. You know, you're, you're probably uh, one of the very few voices out there who are who, talking about this imbalance
10: which is why it's so great to be on your program talking about it. <laughs> yeah, which is why
1: it's so great to be talking to you uh, um, as well, absolutely. No, but it's, it's, it's a shame that, uh, you know, young girls don't know about this imbalance. No, they're,
7: not, right. and- they're,
1: they're not taught about this in schools. They're not even informed about this. And, you know, cohabiting is presented as um, uh, almost as fashionable.
10: Yes, you're right, and the other thing, the other reason it's, it's really bad is for children, because if you're in a cohabiting mm-hmm. relationship, what, what, this is not always what happens, but a, what can happen is a couple meet, they fall in love, they move in together, um, and the, the woman thinks this is forever, the guy thinks this is just for now,
7: mm-hmm. and
10: then she gets pregnant, and then they have a baby, and the man feels trapped, he thinks, I didn't sign up for this, mm. so he might leave, and then not only have you got the woman who is um, uh, obviously heartbroken, but you now have a baby.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: Um, and so this is, the, uh, this is the issue that I think is really key is how this affects children um, because they they are the ones that are, the, are at the centre of it. And all the research tells us, um, and there's lots of debate around why this is the case, but those who marry are more likely to stay together as parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, Catherine, I, I want to... Uh, hear your view on um, the leadership so uh, in, in Islam we believe that uh, or I think in generally everyone believes that there is one there has to be one leader for everything, for a country, for a group for, for everything, you need to have one person in charge, do you believe that is that your view as well? that um, there needs to be one person in charge in the marriage as well?
10: So, in our care for the family is a a christian organization but our resources that we produce we have some available to the community and most of our things are for people of any or no faith so we love it that um people from yeah all faiths access our our material but as um from from what we would teach i think in um uh from care for the family we would talk about the different roles in marriage Mm. and the need for clarity and the need for Expectation um, of uh, or agreed expectation mm-hmm. about whose role mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. right one um, and how you work those issues out together. Um, so it may be that um, one is really gifted with the finance mm. um, and the other isn't, and so it would make more sense for that person to to manage the finance. So I would I think we talk about having love at the centre, submitting to one another, but having um clear agreed roles um mm. according to yeah your particular family and how you how you work that out and obviously in islam there's a, there's a very clear way of doing that which mm. is great because you i think clarity is what's needed
0: yeah yes, absolutely uh, I, I agree with you and um i've one last question do you have any uh, any data on um, domestic abuses uh, because um i remember in covid um there was a spike in in, in domestic yeah. abuse and And uh, issues in the marriage because of people staying together constantly Um, do you have any any data on that or or any any um, any opinions
10: yes so before I worked in this role at care for the family which I've been in for about 20 years now I was a family lawyer and Mm -hmm. my practice involved a lot of um, there was a lot of violence a lot of domestic abuse that was the kind of that's that was my area of work so I was I saw firsthand just the devastation that that causes, um, which actually gave me the heart to want to build family life in all its different forms. And uh, I think that, um, yeah, you're absolutely right, in COVID, it's shocking, the statistics went up. Um, I don't actually know at this second what, where that is, where that graph is, but certainly there is, is an issue. And certainly, if there's anyone mm-hmm. listening and for that is an issue, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional abuse, there's a lot of help we you know we have a, a care line at care for the family, and I just encourage people to ring us and we can refer on there's other there's other specialist um, uh, um, agencies that help people um, who are experiencing domestic abuse, but it's very serious and and should mm-hmm. be dealt with, and that's where we need each other we need Community we don't do marriage on yeah. our own, um, and that's the great thing about community. I think we've got friends and people that can come alongside and help us um, when we're in difficulty.
0: Yeah no doubt I mean marriage is a big step and, and doing this alone is just um, you'll do so many mistakes of course. Uh, thank you thank you, uh, Catherine. It was uh, again a pleasure speaking to you and thank
10: you so much um, yeah
0: you had some uh, really uh, enlightening words for us as well. Thank you very much. thank you bye 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 have a nice day zero
1: 0208 zero eight, seven, seven, eight, seven, eight. you know uh, absolutely I think uh, two or three takeaways that I have from, uh, from these discussions so far so first one is that um, very few people very few young women and, mm. and certainly uh, young girls know about this imbalance that Catherine was talking about uh, yeah. That exists into, for um, uh, that exists for cohabiting couples versus married couples. This imbalance that there is um, between men and women, because mm. um, as I was mentioning earlier, in a lot of cases, you know, it's it, it's so easy for it's so easy for uh, the man to walk out of the relationship and start a new uh, relationship, yeah. but it's very very difficult for a mother to To be able to uh, to to leave the kids and mm-hmm. and do that, um, but it's much easier for the father to actually go ahead and, and do that. Mothers are attached a lot more to their kids, and the kids mm-hmm. are attached a lot more to their mothers. So, uh, in in a lot of cases, you know, children are are left with their mothers to be cared for, and mothers are left high and dry. Uh, whereas um, uh, um, you know, fathers or or, or the male um, partner just uh, uh, just goes for goes out and uh, looks for more greener pastures, mm-hmm. if, I, if I can put it that way. So I think that is something that uh, is and and this imbalance also that Catherine was talking about that um, uh, very few people are aware of that you know for for girls or for women. When they enter into a relationship, especially when they have kids, they think this is it. This this is the relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for men, that's not the case. They yeah. think differently. So men and women do think differently, and therefore, um, as we were talking about earlier, the institution of marriage provides that p- protection uh, for mm-hmm. the kids, for the women, um, for the for the wives. Mm, uh, more than actually i would say for uh, for the husbands and and that's something that needs to be taken care of
0: yeah um, it's and, really and really vital for for marriages to to happen because of that oh. that security and that um um uh protection for yeah. the, the woman in fact because uh, men are you know it, even in society they're a bit more uh, dominant they're a bit more um independent because uh they have maybe less things to worry about. If a, if a mother has a child, I mean, she she bore that child. She has a different connection. She can't to it. be independent of that For child. For a father yeah. to leave a child, is much easier. Yeah, it's yeah. easier, but it's still, um, uh, you know, and something unimaginable. Like, it's, 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 how can you leave your own child?
1: No, but you're right. But they, in a lot of cases, they actually don't leave the child. So mm. they, you know, they, you still have a relationship with the child. You just move out yeah, and, into a different place and and you start a different relationship. You still in keep in touch with the, with, mm. with the kids. In a lot of cases, you even provide for the kids. But um, at the end of the day, you know, raising, a, 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 you know, there's an old saying, which is it takes a village to raise a kid, um, mm. to raise a child for a for a mother to raise a for a single mother to raise a chi- child or to raise a family alone is uh, is not easy. Hmm. And, and that must be understood the other takeaway from me uh, for me from these discussions was that it's very very important in marriage to be number one to uh, to be selfless and and think about about the other person more than you think about yourself um that is a very 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 important and key ingredient of a successful marriage, and the other one is forgiveness you've got to be forgiving
0: yes definitely um, the holy prophet peace be upon him has. Um, in terms of choosing a, a partner, he mentioned that uh, when when you when you are choosing your partner, there is a various things people look out for. One of them is uh, they they look at the wealth of, of their partner, their, their potential partner. They look at um, their status in society, their family background. They look at um, um, they look at uh, their beauty. Especially for a woman, a man, wants a beautiful wife, of course. And then there is another aspect, which is which is the faith. And uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mentioned that this is what you should be prioritizing. If you find a partner which is uh, which is uh, who is um, who has good morals, who is uh, who has priorities straight, who prioritizes prioritizes his his faith over his worldly matters, that's the one you should pick. And that that quality itself is enough to to be choosing that partner, because a faith a faith person, a person of faith, somebody who is who has a connection with God, he has he has many things to look out for, and one of them is the responsibility and commitment. And uh, I mean, even if there is um, no law in place, even if there is no commitment or no responsibility in this world, he will always have this conscious. Um, in his mind that I am I, responsible and I am answerable to God Almighty if I don't fulfill my responsibilities in my marriage um, in uh, taking care of my wife, taking care of uh, my children and for the woman in uh, uh, taking care of the children and taking care of the husband. Um, his Holiness, Has Ahmed, has also given us some valuable uh, advice on this matter. Uh, a short clip we can listen to Stay with us, we'll be back after the show clip. With the increase in divorce rates in our society, what is your holiness advice for married couples?
5: You have to increase your tolerance threshold. Boys and girls both. You see, we cannot say The divorce rate is increasing only because of the fault of uh, one person, boy or the girl. Both have some shortcomings in them. The best way to live a good married life is that that increase your tolerance level. Right? And ignore all the shortcomings you see in your spouse, man should ignore woman should also ignore, and try to find out the good things. We cannot say that a person has only bad qualities. you have good qualities and bad qualities, both men also have good qualities, women also have good qualities, men also have shortcomings, women also have some shortcomings. so if you realize this. Fact and understand it that we have to ignore the shortcomings of each other, then the divorce rate will reduce and you will live a very happy married life. Now, your responsibility is to bring up your children in a peaceful manner. So, you give your children the atmosphere which is good for them, which can be helpful for their growth. And that can only be given if husband and wife are living amicably and living a happy life. Right?
0: Undoubtedly, very, very, (coughs) um, very uh, important words from His Holiness of Miza Ahmed, the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, um, highlighting the key quality you need to have for a successful marriage, which is uh, your tolerance. You need to be tolerant uh, tolerant and and um, need to compromise a lot. Uh, that's it f- from us today. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking to our guests. Thank you for the guests to join uh, to to uh, join us this morning, and thank you for the producers and the researchers. Uh, this is it from us today. I hope to see you uh, tomorrow morning again. We have another breakfast show. Join us uh, tomorrow again and uh, call in zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight. Until then, Asalaamu Alaikum. Peace be upon you. Have a nice day.